This is Joe Smith, Lightning Beat Writer, Tampa Bay Times, and we're here live from Las Vegas, where the Lightning will face the Golden Knights expansion team for the first time on Tuesday at T-Mobile Arena. And I'll just say, I'm, I'm impressed, not just because, you know, Las Vegas is an awesome city to, to visit it and be around, but just the amount of excitement that they have for this expansion team. And, you know, they're in first place, Pacific Division. Uh, you have uh, hundreds of people showing up to the practice facility, which is 25 minutes outside of the Strip here. Um, you know, and I, I'm looking forward to going there myself to see a game, but from what I've heard, you know, there's a band playing at the game, they're the goal song, they're just such a raucous atmosphere that I think Vegas is already a big hit with hockey, and I think from what Cooper, John Cooper said, the lighting coach and other players, is going to be a very um, interesting interesting place uh, to play and play against because they're, they're not going away. I mean, they're a good team, and um, they should give Lightning a really good test. So uh, it's been very impressive, other than the fact that I did add to my uh, karaoke list, uh, city number 36, on my karaoke tour of Las Vegas, and uh, found a place called uh, Champagne Cafe, uh, a little Johnny Cash, Wholesome Prison, a little Coolio Gangsta's Paradise, uh, met some people from uh, from Finland, sang with them a little bit, Bohemian Rhapsody, so uh, always good to notch another city under my belt there, as karaoke-wise, and uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful city to visit. It's, it's really impressive uh, just what they've done with the hockey facility on T-Mobile Arena. Is a, it's a great little area here right around the Strip, and you know, a lot of 100, 100 Lightning fans will be here for the game on Tuesday. I'm sure it'll be, won't be the first, won't be the last time people make vacation spot, make vacation plans based around the Vegas game. Like people make vacation plans around the Lightning games uh, on the road too from other cities. So uh, should be another measuring stick uh, type game for for both teams on Tuesday night, and and the Lightning uh, have won, had won the th- the first three games on this West Coast road trip, and they'll be in the road. They're in the middle of a stretch of 17 road games in 24 games. Uh, part of it is due to the fact that they host the All-Star Game January 28th, 29th at Emily Arena. Um, but it's a very difficult stretch. They'll get it to win the first three games of that trip. Uh, it was impressive, even though, you know, you look at the Tuesday game in St. Louis, I don't know if they, they felt really great about it afterwards. Uh, Vasilevsky uh, once again sold them a game, a shutout 3 to nothing. One of the then best in the West Blues. So uh, there have been a few times this year where, you know, the Lightning's come out and won a game. They haven't really felt great about it because obviously they had a goalie stood on his head or he had a, a, a freaky play here and there. So I don't think, you know, as scary as it sounds for a team that's 26-6-2, they haven't played their best hockey yet because um, that 60-minute consistency hasn't quite been there. Um, yet, but they won the first three games of the trip. That was a Tuesday, uh, Thursday in um, Arizona. Uh, a very, very, very young team. I think their first line had like 91 complete uh, career NHL games compared to uh, 1,200 for the Lightning's top line. It's just uh, staggering, and they're just in a tough spot. The Lightning won that one. Not in fashion. Obviously, lost Ryan Callahan for three to four weeks. We'll get that get to more to that later in this podcast. But. Um, one on Saturday night and the Star Wars night in Denver, uh, beating the Avalanche six to five. Uh, really d- had a dominating portion of that game, up five to one in the third period. They kind of left their foot off the gas and gave too much space to Colorado and took too many offensive lazy offensive zone penalties, and it resulted in uh, if that were a different team or that were one less save by Peter Budai, and that would have been a, a disastrous loss there in uh, Denver. So. 
as you can see, they're finding ways to win, which is important as the first place team or as a playoff caliber team, but they are far from a finished product. Um, and they have some time to make it up. It's only almost halfway through the season, but um, to get those three first three wins on the road was, was big for them to kind of keep heading those point totals um, going forward. Now, on this podcast, we'll talk a lot of th- different different uh, topics, including um, this trip, including guys like Tyler Johnson, who's come alive with a career-high uh, seven-game point streak for him, Braden Point, who pound for pound or dollar for dollar being one of the most uh, efficient and uh, uh, effective, play, effective players of the league based on his salary. He's just been phenomenal. Um, talk about all-star, talk about potential uh, future trade uh, considerations for the Lightning, what's going on there um, towards the deadline, which is end of February, and what Steve Eisenman told me about uh, their approach going towards it. Um, also, talk about Syracuse Crunch, which got a 10-game winning streak snapped um, uh, on Saturday night. So talk, talk to Benoit Gruel for the Tampa Bay Times story I had in Sunday's paper and online. You can check that out too. Just a Q&A with him on um, on their season, their streak, uh, what's kind of sparked it. Uh, guys like Alex Volkov and, and Anthony Sorelli and Adam Ernie, who's really making a push to be back in the NHL again. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, a lot of good t- uh, tidbits and, and insight there from the AHL coach, uh, Ben Gruel, who will very much, I would not be surprised if he's an NHL coach in the next uh, coming years, just like John Cooper was. I went from Norfolk and Syracuse to uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, <clears throat> first off, uh, going into this game in Vegas, uh, Lightning has a pretty uh, strong lead in the division. Um, you looked at what carried them in the beginning part of the year was the the Stamkos Kucherov line, and and, they, and they've been good, um, and they've obviously been productive along with Nemestikov. Um, but you've been really seeing lately that Braden Point line with Point, Palat, and Johnson really being a, a huge force. And two things at play here: I think Braden Point, um, you know, growing into one of the core players of this franchise, including the <coughs> Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, and whatnot. Um, going to be getting a pretty big raise from the $686,000 he's making right now, an entry-level deal in about a year or two. Um, but just overall, uh, points per per minute, points in the situations where he's playing the team's top lines, um, he's really finding the offensive uh, production that you saw from him in juniors. And um, I think I've talked to a bunch of people. I did a story in Tampa Bay Times on Friday about um, everywhere he's gone, he's really been a surprise. Uh, whether that was in Moose Jaw when he was a late add to their team, 11-12, and another team in, in playoff points as a 15-year-old kid who was 125 pounds, or when he was in World Juniors, or was in World Championships with, with ta- uh, Team Canada last uh, May, and Nathan McKinnon from the Avalanche said, I was surprised how good this guy is. Um, so he just continues to do that, surprise people, including that, that uh Gordie Howe hat trick uh, on Thursday in Colorado, which got everybody pretty riled up and, and, and excited because uh, you don't see Braden Point angry very much, um, but you did there in a fight and he held his own. And so, um, very, very strong start to the season for him. And he's a dark horse all star candidate to go along with the likes of the Stamkos, Kucherov, and Andrei Vasilevsky and Victor Hedman. Uh, Tyler Johnson, a uh, very important development this season is that he's on that also on a seven game point streak. Um, 
his career high, and you, you saw this coming in his long 15-game goal drought, the longest of his career. He was getting chances, just not getting rewarded for it, and he's really kind of come alive on, on the wing there next to, to, to Point and Pallad, and he said it's a mixture of both, a mixture of having confidence from getting one or two to go in, but but also feeling comfortable in his position on the wing with those two very good players in Point and Pallad. So um, he's making some adjustments. He's, he's playing well, and Lightning is a better team when Tyler Johnson's effective or productive, and, and he has been. So that gives uh, the Lightning a pretty strong 1-2-3 up the middle with uh, with Point and Stamkos, and then now Yanni Gord in the third line. So overall, they've been getting some some secondary scoring um, as a group, and, and, and that's helped them get to where they are. Um, you look at the defenseman scoring, and it's number one uh, point-wise in the league as far as points from blue line from the defenseman, and uh, number two behind St. Louis in goals, 23 goals this season by um, Lightning defense. And that's only with Victor Hebben having three goals. And you're going to see him I think, really take a step forward um, second half of the year. Uh, that probably one of the best games that I've seen him play this season um, on Saturday against Den- and against the Avalanche with that seam- that uh, stretch pass to Kucherov, the fake and goal, and then overall just a really good performance. I think he's a guy like last year when he had the- – about 25 points at this time of the year, and he had about 72. I think he has 21 points now, so don't be surprised if he has a late surge second half of the year for Victor Hedman because um, he's really starting to, to play or being that kind of a force at both ends that, that everybody knows he is uh, capable of being. But having a second wave of offense, second wave of having defense being able to step up in the play has really been uh, a big boost to this team. It's Mikhail Sergachev, 23 points, five game-winning goals, which is – the fourth rookie in NHL history to, to have that many in a rookie season um, really creates some matchup problem for their teams um, overall, and, and it takes some pressure off the forwards for not having to have um, that many guys um, producing in every night. So um, they're really pinching in all the goals they've been scoring, the Anton Strawman's goals uh, last game in Colorado, right around the net or in the slot. Uh, Victor Hebben streaks in and, and, and has a nice deke. Um, Sergachev kind of banked in a, a puck off of Landeskog uh, for the game winner. So they're, they're finding ways to pinch in and be effective, and that's going to only make them more dangerous down the stretch. Now, the Lightning did lose a big piece over the uh, the road trip here with uh, wing Ryan Callahan out three to four weeks, a minimum um, upper body injury. I believe it's, a, I believe it's a, a shoulder. I'm not sure, quite frankly, but the way he hit the boards, the shoulder arm area, a right arm was in a sling afterwards. Um, so, um, a, a tough break for him because he was playing so damn well, uh, in that game. He had five shots on goal in Colorado. Uh, he hadn't had many, any points. He's like six, six points for nine games, one goal, but he's doing everything else right. And really contagious player as far as energy, uh, and intensity and, and one of the most valued leaders and voices in the room. So big loss for them. Uh, he's on the trip still. I think he'll probably remain traveling with the group. Uh, just to keep a, a presence there and, and continue to rehab, but um, you know they they have they still have Corey Klanicker up. They don't plan to make any any other additional calls at this point. JT Brown is still available to play as so a healthy forward, twelfth guy, and go eleven and seven, which they have um, a good portion of this year. And and John Cooper has passed, so uh, we'll see what happens. But I think there are some people in Syracuse. They're knocking at the door. Uh, I think Adam Ernie talked to Ben Gruel for that story I mentioned to you for in the Times on Sunday, and 
He's a guy who's improved at every level, every part of his game. Uh, I talked to Steve Eiserman, the general manager of the Lightning, and he said Andrew Murray's really taking significant steps since last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next guy who gets a NHL call-up if they do, whether that's after uh, Tuesday's game in Vegas or if it's um, down, a few games on the line. I think Adam Murray's deserved it, and he's a power forward, a guy that the Lightning doesn't have that kind of many, many players like that. <clears throat> so I think he will get a shot. Uh, I think Sorelli is really impressed. Uh, talked to Ben Gruel, and he said also Alex Volkov, who was really intriguing in training camp as a rookie, the Russian who's in his first year pro. Uh, he's a top six guy all the way. I think he needs to get stronger and, and more consistent and, and getting things done in a shorter time versus what he had in a minute or so shift over in Russia. So the crunch on 10 game winning streak and that, that trade for Louis Domingue really kind of gave them a, a big shot in the arm. Um, he, he solidified that goaltending tandem, gave them a better chance to win, and, and you're seeing them playing with some more confidence behind uh, Domingue. And he's helped uh, Connor Ingram, a prospect, a lightning goal, goalkeeper who's been playing well too. So uh, crunch and lightning had been hot um, the last few weeks, and that can only bode well um, for their future going forward. And I want to make sure to take your questions, which I always do. Feel free to send them to me at tbtimes underscore jsmith or at joesmith, tampabay.com. And number one question I get all the time is, will the Lightning pursue another top six or top nine winger or forward um, for the February 26th deadline? And you know what? I, I really do think that they're going to continue to look at their options. I don't think it's a guarantee that they make the trade. I don't think they feel like they're forced to make one. Um, I'm sure part of it depends on Ryan Callahan's injury. If he's in three, four weeks or a month, which they're hopeful he'll be back. They don't need another veteran wing for that fourth or, or third line. So, But they are pursuing their options. I think we've reported several times that the Lightning and Columbus Blue Jackets have been scouting each other pretty heavily. Uh, Colorado's had some uh, a scout even in Syracuse, too, to watch the crunch and um, you know I think this interesting team to watch because they need some help up the middle at center which the Lightning has some depth in and the Lightning could use potentially a wing and they have some depth there um, so I don't want to speculate too much on the names but I think the Lightning um, as Steve Eiserman told me other night he's like you know like where we're at but we're far from a perfect team uh, they, they, need, they could probably improve in the other areas, whether it's on defense or, or in their top nine. So um, I don't think they're in a situation where they need to add something or they're in desperation mode to do that. Um, but they find the right partner and, and they fight the right price. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to add a final or another piece of the puzzle before uh, they hope is, is his Stanley Cup run. So something to keep an eye on. They have some internal options too. They can evaluate Corey Conacher. Looks like he'll stay past the 10-game threshold to where he'll have to be uh, clear waivers uh, to go back to Syracuse. He's been playing well in that third line with Gordon and Kalorn, and they probably want to see Adam Murney and uh, a few other guys down in Syracuse. So overall, uh, just a wait-and-see approach, and they're going to continue to evaluate and see uh, what's out there. I don't know if they're really in the Evander Kane market or that kind of thing, but I think they're going to be uh, looking forward and seeing what they have available on the market and, and what they can do. And they have some a very deep prospect pool uh, to work from. I know, as you guys saw, uh, Team Canada for World Juniors has four lighting prospects, Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish, Brett Howden, and Cal Foote. 
uh, their first rounder from this year. So a very deep pool uh, of prospects in the organization, which only help them going forward and potentially uh, can help them with trades uh, if they wanted to add some final piece uh, uh, before the deadline in late February. So <clears throat> another question um, that I get quite often is uh, what is what is it like to travel uh, and follow the lightning on the road? And it is a very um, big privilege I have, and I feel very lucky uh, to be in a job that I'm so passionate about and 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 really enjoy. Um, and I love I love traveling. One of my other passions is traveling, so it fits into both of them. And um, it is, you know, there are obviously work involved, and you have practices and the morning skates and you have deadlines and you want to make sure you have things reported that would be good stories for an off day, let's say, if lending has no access. So, uh, But it's just great to be able to visit in different cities. You know, I have friends in a lot of different places that I go to and catch up with and family, of course, in Detroit and Chicago. So um, it is a lot of fun to do that. And, and, and you obviously have um, access to the team after the morning skates and practices. And that's where you try to, um, you know, develop some relationships and you try to, you know, have some good stories to tell the readers back home and fans back home about what's going on with the team. Um, and I know somebody asked me about the, the morning or the day of um, access and what's that like or what my day-to-day -day routine um, would be. And, and traditionally be the morning skate, um, 10.30 or so starts and then they knife for a half hour. You're tweeting during that point, then you go in the, in the locker room and you, you interview players for, for some of the blog that we put up every day, tv.com around noon or so for the morning skate with the news on the lineups and, and injuries and, and trends and that such. And, and then you do um, some of your early notes and then you come back um, early evening for the game and you're continuing to write and tweet throughout the course of the day. So uh, it's an ongoing process, but it's a lot of fun and I'm very fortunate to be able to cover um, for hockey, which is a, a sport that I love, and, and the team um, is very great to deal with, and the players are too. So um, overall, that's kind of how the days are going on the road. Another question I've got is about Nemestikov, last off Nemestikov, and his career high um, season, or at least up there with as far as goals, around 14. Uh, very productive on the line with Stephen Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. Talked to him earlier yesterday just about... <clears throat> what's led to this uh, burst in production. And, and he had mentioned a couple of things, both with confidence and obviously consistency has been a big thing with him as in his career since he's been a first-round pick, um, trying to play <clears throat> as effective as he can for longer stretches. And he believes he's been able to do that more this year. He's gained confidence playing with guys like Samkos and Kucherov who are feeding him the puck too and putting him in good positions to score. And Give him credit, Nemestikov, for or for being assertive and, and confident and aggressive enough to um, to not just defer to the the lead stars like the Stamkos and Kucherovs and and be able to pitch in. And he's got more goals, I believe, than Steven Stamkos right now. So uh, it's a really deserved breakthrough for for Nemestikov, who's one of the more quiet guys on the team, but he works his butt off. He's a great skater, very smart player. You need that kind of guy to to play with. Two of your elite guys in, in Samkos and Kucherov who swear by by Nemestikov and how well he plays and he compliments them um, on that line. Now, that's all the time we have for today on this week's podcast, but keep on sending me those questions. I'll keep on answering them every week uh, at TB Times underscore Jay Smith or at Joe Smith at Tampa Bay 
com. Thanks so much, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week for the holidays, and Merry Christmas to everyone.